You're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast. Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game. Hello and welcome to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast. I'm hosting this week. Yes, my name is Lewis Kemp and uh, I'm joined uh, after a bit of a long absence. Mr. Carl Fisher, how are you doing? It's, it's good to be back. It's like Veterans Day. Just <laughs> like the people that were here at the beginning have decided to go away for a bit and then I've, I've came back. So delighted to be back in our beautiful headquarters once again. Of course. And also joined by a Mr. Ross Clark. Yes, delighted to be here on Veterans Day as well. Um, back in the mix after a, a lo- another long absence, actually. It truly is Veterans Day on this podcast because we've got two veterans of the bus ball game mm, in like, studio. Like the John Terry's man, the season's just about over, so we can flung in for 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 one last round. Indeed, um, I try to think of a link between John Terry, but there's not really any. Um, we'll start ones, with. Anyway. Where do you want to start, Gal? Uh, seeing as you're the veteran returning. I don't know. We'll trust your judgment. I suppose we should maybe start with my own team then. If we're going to start anywhere, it's the game that's in the top of the list of fixtures on your computer then anyway. So uh, I, I suppose the best place to start would be Far Hill. Yep, we will start at Far Hill. Um, a, a weird one because I don't think it was. It was, certainly wasn't a great performance from Rangers, but to be fair to them, got the result in the end. Um, I don't know even know where to start with this one, but just in terms of the game, what was your kind of thoughts on, on it? Uh, Eighty odd minutes was pish for us, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you. And then the last kind of ten, um, we we did better. I think that obviously the the main thing I would I would point to that changed it was was the fact that Kashina went from uh, a four three three to a three four three because. I mean, you've seen it in the past two games against Celtic, and then for Partick Thistle's goal at the weekend as well. There was. We were too narrow, and um, Partick were were doing well at attacking us down the flanks, and their goal came from that. And then um, certainly our winning goal came from the fact that Tavernier was a lot wider. But that, that was well. something. They, in fact, they pointed that out in uh, sports scene in regards to just how much, and uh, it, it, it was you know sports scene analysis is what it is. But <laughs> even from there, you could you could completely tell how, how just how much space Rangers afforded Partick Thistle in it. It seems so strange. Why do you think he went so narrow to start the game? Do you th- did it worry you that he's maybe not learned any lessons? Well, certainly the start of the game didn't indicate that he'd learned any lessons from the previous two games. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm unsure, to be honest, and I think there's a couple of trades of thought when it comes to Rangers and certainly the new manager at the minute. Um, I think the majority of the support are willing to give him time. I think the majority of the support realise that this isn't his team. Um, there's been some good results in there as opposed to some... I mean, the obvious one being the old firm, the two old firm games, like you know, the one at Ibrox in particular. But I think there's been positive signs and there's been some negative signs. I mean, a lot of people have made out the fact that Rangers were playing the ball long a lot um, on Sunday. But the, the thing for me is, you have a midfield there whereby none of those players, Windass, Miller, and, and Holt, would be players that bringing it out from the back. You, you would say could start an attack with the ball on the ground, and would be players that would be able to keep possession well. So and you have a striker in Joe Gardner who seems to his game, if if there are any real positives in his game, it is that he can win the he can win headers and he prefers a more direct style of play. 
I mean, certainly Windass, just on your kind of previous point about the midfielders, certainly Windass and Holt don't strike me as oh, no, def- defensive mid as you're talking no, about getting, bringing the ball back. Right? It's very, it, that midfield at the weekend is so lightweight that it's yeah. scary. There is, there is nobody there that really can can sit in front of a back four. Um, Terrell was the best at it, but he's injured, obviously. We know what happened with Barton and questions remain whether Jordan Rossiter even exists, to be quite honest with you. But um, I think the good thing about the weekend was it was a poor performance, but they dug in at times and we won the game. Partick Thistle, I think, had chances where they could... I mean, uh, it was, I think it was Edwards had the chance. He forced a good save yeah. from Fodderingham. Um, and there was one or two other chances in there. We didn't really create much before... I mean, uh, after the kind of the first twenty minutes, and then before kind of the eight, before Mackay's goal, to be honest with you. But they dug in, they won the game. I think it was important. I think the thing that I was saying before, after the the Celtic game last weekend, is the best thing that can happen now for Kishina in particular is just um, four run of the mill wins, nothing spectacular because you don't you don't want to get the, the the fans' expectation up. Just make sure we win the game. Obviously, we'd like to play a lot lot better than we did against Partick Thistle, that was really, really poor. But I think what you're seeing is a new manager trying to implement ideas with a squad who, for a lot of them, probably know that in terms of Rangers, being Rangers players, um, they're not going to be, that's not going to be where, where they are next season. Um, and so certainly with the, with the noises that Kishin has been making last week and then after the game as well, it seems like there is, he feels comfortable anyway that there's going to be sufficient investment in terms of bringing players in and, and helping him and aiding him for next season. So, a good, a good win. Um, I'm happy. I think the fans needed that one. I'm happy for the manager. Um, I'm happy for 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 somebody like Kenny Miller, who mm. he pretty uh, much made that that last goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, who seems to be one of the few that every single week it seems to hurt them how bad we are at times, and who always puts effort in no matter what. Um, but still, I think it again abundantly clear that the majority of these players aren't good enough, and uh, for some reason, God seems to hate Partick Thistle as well. By the looks of it. Weird you actually said that, because that's exactly what was about to go on. Um, not the first time that Thistle have thrown away a lead, Ross. Um, that's got to really disappoint Alan Archibald here. Yeah, I think it would. Um, but at the same time, you know, we've got we've got to take it in, in the context. Thistle, Thistle have secured top six, you know, which is an unbelievable achievement. Um, so I think you've got to look at the bigger picture rather than just looking at the fact they've let a couple of let a couple of leads go. Um I think you've you've probably got to credit Rangers more than criticise Patrick Thistle. Um I can understand there's obviously going to be a criticism of Patrick Thistle. But at the same time, you know, the finished top six in a way their job's done. Rangers still have still got something to play for, you know, obviously they confirmed third place. Um so or confirmed European football, sorry. So, you know, I think for Thistle I think they'll be disappointed but it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I think that's that's fair enough. Um, in regards, I mean, there's been a lot. We can't ignore it. There's been a lot of talk about um, the the scenes after the second goal. Um, what was your take on that, Fisher? Was it embarrassing, or was it just like a bit of relief from the fans? Was it has it been blown out proportion, which I probably think it has I been. Think a when you've got, I mean, today. <laughs> Uh, Wes Fodingham was doing some event at Ibrox and STV News. I the disco uh, ride thing. <laughs> it's, I think it's just it's p- put it brunt, putting it bluntly, bluntly. <laughs> it's been a shite season for Rangers. It really, really has. Um, we've had some very, very poor moments. Um, it's been 
you know, it's been a shambles to to be honest with you. And I think the supporters are the ones that have been there. As with any situation with any football club, it's the supporters that suffer the most. Obviously, I think the, the Rangers supporters realise that last-minute winners in meaningless games with Partick Thistle isn't where we want to be. But after the week that we had, I think it was just nice to win again, to be honest with you, because you lose... I mean, you lose two games in the bounce, it feels like forever for a win anyway. To lose two to Celtic as a Rangers supporter and then get hammered in one of them as well, and then the one before that, your team... Well, the team didn't turn up neither of them, but there was, I mean, even the two 0 game, there wasn't anything inspiring about that. I think it just maybe felt like a long time since we'd won a game. So, um, no, I think it was just. I I just don't get this idea that we should that football supporters like obviously to other fans it's funny that it's like it's a last minute winning it's part of this one. It was like it's a pitch invasion and all that, but like it's like football fans being happy at their team winning a game in a last minute shocker. Do you know what I mean? It's like I just think it's been absolutely ridiculous. Um, I'm gonna. Oh, sorry, well, Ross. I, I can understand where you're coming from, but it did. It just looked ridiculous though, the way they all came running on. And did, did you see the the steward the video doing the mills of the, the steward yeah. <laughs> just standing where his or her? I'm not sure who it was, but hands out, not really stopping anyone with chaos ensuing behind her. But that was quite funny. But um, I think it was probably more relief from Kashina more than joy. I would say um, when you looked over at the bench, you know. There's been videos going about the Champions League music and all that, and yeah, it did, it did look ridiculous. Um, but at the same time, I can still kind of understand with the pressure they've been under and you know the number of poor performances this season, getting Gubba Celtic as Fisher's touched on. You know, this all adds up, um, and for them to win, yeah, it will provide a wee bit of relief. Maybe not to have a hundred odd fans on the pitch, but still. Just logistically as well, quickly, just to be like, kind of like a health and safety inspector. Oh but with the, with the players running over in that direction, like you always see it at grounds like that when the fans are dead uh. close to the park. There is usually, maybe not that many, but there is usually four that spill over. But as I say, I think it was just uh, football supporters being happy, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't think there's much more than that. I'm going to... Um I'm going to keep asking you questions, Callum, given that um, you haven't really been on the pod for the last, for the last few weeks. And a, a, a lot of stuff is going to happen. I want to talk about Kashinia and just, like, what do you what do you think, what is going on at the moment? I mean, in terms of tactically, is it the players don't understand what he's trying to bring or is Kashinia just throwing shit at the wall a la Vince Russell 2000 WCW? I mean, because he seems like quite a kind of smart guy at times, but then other times you think, well, like, like he talks well, but then right. we saw it in the five-one game, we saw it in the two-nil game as well against Celtic. Both games against Celtic. I mean, tactically, Rangers were all over the place. I think if you t- it's difficult, but if you take the two games against Celtic aside, this is a Celtic team that is doing something that a Celtic team hasn't done. For a, I mean, a while, if not never before, in terms of just how good they've been domestically. Likelihood is, no offence to like Matt and Ryan, that they are going to win the treble. Likelihood is they're going to be undefeated as well. Um, we were, I think, tactically, we were. We, I think the first game at, at Hamden, we were naive tactically. Mm. Maybe the second game. I mean. <laughs> You'd, at the second game, I don't think there's any chance to even see what the tactics were because after seven minutes, when your 18 year old left back puts in a ridiculous challenge like that, and they score game plan shot after seven minutes, and after that, we just crumbled. But that's been the story of this Rangers team prior to Casino. When, when there's a goal against us, usually we crumble. 
uh, particularly against opposition that are nearer quality, if not obviously in Celtic's case, better. I think he's inherited a squad of, to be honest with you, I, I, I think there's a lot of people in there that just don't deserve to play for a club at Rangers. I think there's people there that just don't know what it means to play for Rangers. I think it's abundantly evident when you see Kenny Miller at 38 being the one that has to, or even at times Clint Hill as well, at 38 being the ones that have to G the team up for games. And, you know, it's I just don't... I just, I think there's players that don't get it and I think there's players that aren't good enough and when you have that mixed together with a new manager who's coming in who's openly said I need better here obviously as professional footballers I think some of them know that their time's up I think you can see that um, I mean we've not seen Kieran or Forrester for example since he's come in um, even somebody like I'm trying to think I mean, Tavernier, to be fair to him, has been better. Halliday, I think, maybe looks like his time is up. Somebody like that. Um, I mean, I mean for, for me, I thought... I mean, it's difficult to just take out the bo- both Celtic games, mm-hmm. but if you're talking about... If you do take out those two games, and I, I would say I think Holt's looked a lot better. I, mean, I think there are certain players that have, have improved, but I, I, I go along with your point. I just think a lot of those players probably aren't good enough, but... I just find it interesting the whole you know debate whether other players do they understand the tactic because I think certainly like Halliday I, I don't know he, it doesn't look like he Wycon as well those two guys can strike me as two players that just don't understand Wycorn. what he's kind of trying to do Wycon Wycon at least looks like he always tries there were some of them particularly mm. in that old firm game just looked like they couldn't be bothered um, to be honest with you and I think sorry Ross what you said sorry Fisher um Part of me kind of feels a wee bit sorry for Rangers because, you know, at the, the start of the season they made three kind of well, not marquee signings, but oh, Barton. It was, it was Barton, definitely it was marquee signings, yeah. Yeah, well, Barton, Cancha, yeah, Garner. Um, you know, these guys come in. Garner didn't deliver. That was well, he's not. He's, I, I think it would be fair to say he's not really delivered. He's not lived up to the hype that was surrounding him when he joined, but. Canchar and uh, Barton, Rangers have been desperately unlucky in that sense. You know, Barton's obviously had his off-field issues, and I think everyone um, expected him to be a good signing when he first joined. Um, so that was unfortunate for them. The fact that there there was, you know, it's Joey Barton. He comes with an ego, but obviously overstepped the mark at Rangers. Um, Canchar's obviously been unlucky with injuries as well. So. Part of me does feel sorry for Rangers, um, given the fact that they signed these two guys in Barton and Cranshaw, and it just didn't transpire that they, had, they would have successful seasons. So um, it has been difficult for them, but you know, at the same time, Joey Garner, it's not, it's not really been a success story, guys. You know, there was all Waghorn last season was banging in goals, okay, a lot of penalties, but again, he's not really delivered this season. Um, Halliday was relatively solid last year. Again, pretty poor this season. There's been there's been guys who, when you're expecting them to make the step up this season, they've just not done it. I would, I would agree with that. I think we have a squad that was very good in the Championship and has looked bang average in the in the Premiership. <clears throat> and I just I think I have there are I have doubts about Kashina. I do. There are things that I'm maybe thinking. I mean, as you were saying with the tactics, it made me think I can't really see what he's doing here. However, it is important that he gets his first, he yeah. gets the first window in. I like the way he talks. He at least, and I hate this, I hate when folk go, "Oh, he gets it," but he gets. Do you know what I mean? It seems as though he gets it more than Warburton ever did about this as Rangers. And to be honest with you, drawing and 
picking up mm. points here and there, it just isn't good enough and all this crap about, you know, respectful to the opposition mm. and that, it's like, he seems to understand that there needs to be a winning mentality and he seems to recognise that the majority of these players don't get it. Hopeful, we just what we need to hope, as I say, from what I've, from what you you can read, and you always take things on forums and especially Twitter with a pinch of salt. But from that, from guys that kind of itk, if you know what I mean, um, they seem to be hinting that Kishina's very comfortable with the backing he's getting, and that seems to be backed up by what Kishina's saying. So we need to hope that he spends his money a lot better because, as Ross was saying, there one point eight million on Joey Garner isn't good enough, 500 grand on Michael Howran isn't good enough, however if we are going to kind of clear out the squad and and um, and replace these players, in Warburton's defence, you look at get somebody like Wycorn should at least fetch a bit of a profit from 500k so should Tavernier, Kiernan I mean Kiernan was linked to a £2 million move in January do you know what I mean, don't think we'll get anything near that for him but I think we'll get, I think again we can make a profit on him Fodering him, hopefully he. I would like him to stay. I think we'll make a profit on him. Mackay as well. If we were to get money for him, would be a profit anyway. So I think there is going to be a, a lot of changes, um, because I think when you manage, you're always hoping that he finds maybe four or five players that weren't doing it before that he can maybe change any system. But I mean, there's a couple of guys. I would keep. I would, I would keep hope because for 65k, mm. you're probably not going to get that. He's obviously he's keeping Miller. We've learned today that Clint Hill's going to go. I think Wilson will stay. Um, what happens with Lee Wallace? We don't know. So, I think there is going to be a lot of changes. But I, I, I have. I'd, I'm a lot more positive. I suppose you can only be a, a little bit more positive after winning, having beaten five one off Celtic. Do you know what I mean? But um, I think in the summer, at the moment, I trust them. And but and it, but it's important that people just because it's been a wee bit bumpy at the start, people need to just give him time, let him bed in his ideas, let him get his own players in, and see what we can do in the summer. Um, and it's going to be a short turnaround anyway with these European qualifiers. And even if it maybe Europe is important, and it will be nice to be back in Europe. But I think for me, the important thing is that even if Europe is not great at the start, just. I think we need patience, but I think because we we can't recycle through managers um, because it's I don't I don't believe that that will work. Um, if we're in this position in a year's time, then absolutely, maybe even in December January, then maybe we need to act. But for the moment, I'm comfortable with who's in charge, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in terms of bringing his own players in and his own ideas. Yep, um, I think that sums it up quite nicely. Um, from there, we will move on to the other game on Sunday. Um, still not quite sure why this. Oh no, I actually do know why this is uh, Sunday because the Hibs game was on the Saturday. Um, yeah, but uh, Hearts. Um, they were saying goodbye to their main stand. They were saying farewell and uh, said farewell with a two-one loss at home to Aberdeen. Uh, I'll start with you, Ross. Um, I'll bring you in here. I mean, I, I mean, McInnes kind of talked after the game about how. He wanted a perfect performance. It wasn't a perfect performance, but he was very impressed with the way in which Aberdeen went about their business in terms of the mentality. Was that something you've seen a lot from Aberdeen this season? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think what we've seen from Aberdeen this season is grinding out results. Um, you know, let's not let's not underestimate how difficult it is to go to Tynecastle and win. Um, you know, no matter how bad Hearts are just now, it's still a really really tough place to go. Um, it's a you'll get a tough crowd there. You know, it's just a, a difficult atmosphere, a difficult place to go. So to go there and win, 
Um, it really does. It really does take a lot of character. So I think you know, okay, it wasn't a perfect performance. Hearts aren't exactly excruciatingly difficult to beat. Um, but at the same time, to still to still go there, score two goals, and ultimately win the match, it's it's impressive. And I think you know, as I say, it's been testament to Aberdeen this season the fact that. You know they have they've comfortably with all Rangers' problems they've they've still comfortably taken second place um, and I think that's almost went under the went un, it's almost went under the radar a wee bit because Rangers have been poor but at the same time Aberdeen have been have been relatively solid throughout the season um, and I think they deserve a lot of credit for that as we've touched on many times you know um, McInnes's McInnes's recruitment's been been excellent probably just proves the point um, with Adam Rooney you know again. Another brilliant season from him. So there's players, there's players throughout that squad who are who are excellent, and you know they'll do well to hold on to, to a lot of these players um, in the summer. But at the same time, there's a good core. There's a good core there. There's a good spine to the team, um, and I've I've been really impressed with Aberdeen. And I'm I'm actually I'm pleased to see a strong Aberdeen within Scotland as well. I think it's I think it's really important. Um, as for the actual game itself, I think. <clears throat> I think Aberdeen probably probably just edges it. Uh, Hearts, as we've as we've touched on, I think they just want the season to end. To be honest with you, it just it just kind of seems that way. Where they just went to over Castro. It's not been it's not been great at all. Um, but Aberdeen, we were dominant. I mean, I know Hearts looking at stats here. Hearts had more possession, but Aberdeen had fourteen shots compared. And Hearts had one on target, so it's not really. It's not really good reading if you're a Hearts fan, but Aberdeen, yeah, they'll be they'll be satisfied with this season, no doubt about it. McInnes, he's won, you know, sorry, he's not won anything, but he's got he's got to two cup finals, um, and he's got second place. I really don't know what what more you could ask of him. Yeah, um, you touched on Adam Rooney there just kind of slightly. Um, of course, he scored the opening goal for Aberdeen. I don't think you could say it was it's been his best season at Aberdeen but no. I think it speaks volumes that he's still scored 20 goals and yeah, what exactly. has been it's not, it's not his best season but he's still producing 20 goals you know that that, that does speak volumes that's that's impressive um, and as I say it's testament to McInnes for signing him and it's testament to Rooney for for going at it these last these last seasons you know I think we're almost underestimating how difficult it is to score 20 goals in a season obviously he's getting good service and the likes of Hayes McGinn etc but it is very difficult to do that, and it's credit to him that he's managed it. And um, this result now means Aberdeen have wrapped up second place. Um, I mean, because I wanted to kind of bring this kind of point up. We often kind of talk about how this season Celtic were re-energised because Rangers were in the league, and if there was, they were going to really go for it this season, and they have. But I don't think anyone really talks about Aberdeen being sort yeah. of re-energised when Rangers are in the league. How, how would this have happened if Rangers weren't in the league? Would that like because I mean, like obviously nobody's going to touch Celtic this season. I think that's a given. However, it's still been a very, very impressive season from Aberdeen. How much have you been impressed with that, and how much is that to do with? them wanting to prove a point because there has been a, I mean the, the, there's been a lot of talk in the papers from Rangers players and manage and well Warburton and whatever there was a lot of pressure on Aberdeen there was a lot yeah. of talk about who's going to finish second and the battle for second and Aberdeen have came out pretty comfortably mm-hmm. on top yeah. uh, I, I think oh, on your 
Um, I think undoubtedly, you know, with Rangers, with all the with the situation in the last five years or so, obviously there was going to be massive hype when Rangers finally get back up to to the Premiership. Um, but at the same time, that's got to drive Aberdeen on. You know, I think I wouldn't say they did they'd cemented second place, but at the same time, you were you were expecting Aberdeen to finish second. Um, but then when Rangers come in, you know, there's that wee bit of doubt. I think, and you know, will Rangers really mount a challenge to Celtic? Obviously, that hasn't transpired. But you know, they've, they've hardly really mounted a challenge to Aberdeen, which again is testament to Aberdeen. And it's got to, it's really got to drive Aberdeen on. You know, the fact that they have comfortably got second place is huge credit to them and huge credit to McInnes. And it doesn't do his pedigree any harm as well. Um, there was that hype when Rangers come up. Perhaps Aberdeen, as I've touched on, have went under the radar, um, but they've went about their business quietly and they've, they've done they've done the job. And you know, you look throughout that squad, there's a lot of good players there. Um, so I think I think they've got to remain positive. And you know, everyone's still talking about the the challenge that Rangers can provide Celtic in the next few years. Well, let's let's see what Aberdeen can do. Let's see what challenge they can provide um, at the same time. Because Rangers just now. Are a long way behind Aberdeen, and if anyone's going to catch Celtic just now or get close, for me it's going to be Aberdeen. I mean, you talk about um, Aberdeen strengthening. There was talk that Shomoni might be going to Aberdeen. I mean, that would be, would be a massive signing for them, wouldn't it, Fisher? Obviously, Maloney would be a good signing. I think he's how old is he now? He's thirty-four. Thirty-four. I mean, could obviously, probably still contribute. Um, he's still playing the Premier League at the moment. Oh, exactly. So. Um, I think the thing for Aberdeen has been consistency quite simply it's something that Rangers haven't had at all this season Aberdeen obviously went in I think it was 10 games in a row unbeaten at home or no so they won 10 games in a row at home I mean, that, that just, was your team that beat them and it was us that, that obviously that beat them 3-0 um, up at Pataudry but I think I don't agree that we're a long way off Aberdeen however what I will say is this an Aberdeen team um, that has been together for a couple of years with a man with the same manager, and they they're a team that I think knew with the division. The, the thing the thing about Aberdeen is they had a manager and a team that knew what the Premiership was about at the beginning of the season. Definitely, we had a team and a manager that were very naive. I think to what we were going to face when we came up, and I think that showed. Um, I think Aberdeen deservedly are going to finish second unless there's an absolute monumental goal swing um, in the next three games. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, all credit to them. It's been a good season. I think, obviously, if you'd asked Aberdeen supporters at the, end, at the start of the season, two cup finals and mm. second place, they would have taken it. Obviously, now they're in the position they'll want to win the Scottish Cup. Um but I think there's been a lot of talk as well about certain players leaving in the summer and things like that, but that remains to be seen, obviously. But, but credit to them because they've come in. Um, I think I still think in the games, again, Rangers-Aberdeen games, over the piece, I still think Rangers have been better, um, obviously winning two and, and losing one. But um, I think the, they, they are deservedly second and are deservedly the second-best team in that league at the moment. And just quickly before we turn attention to other games, as you kind of pointed out a wee bit there, Ross, um, a kind of season to forget for Hearts. In terms of this game, it's obviously going to disappoint them because of the whole, you know, this is the last game that we have the main stand and whatever, um, and there's a lot of attachment there and so on. But 
wasn't really wasn't a lot to shout about, and just I think you know certainly the last two games against Aberdeen they've been rolled over pretty pretty easily. Yeah, I think basically since Nielsen's left, there seems to have been a bit of a a bit of a flatness around around Hearts. I mean, you look at I think it was Nielsen's last game. They was it Rangers? Yeah, they beat Rangers at Tynecastle, and you look at how the place was rocking and. Um, you know, it seems like a, a team that could mount a challenge for second place. And you look now, and they're they're, they're miles off it. You know, they're, they're sitting in fifth, and potentially Thistle could catch them. Only only four points in it, so it's it's been a it's been really really difficult for them. Um, Cathro, I think, doesn't help himself to be honest. And in, in interviews after games, I just think he seems a wee bit. I, I don't know. I just think he seems a wee bit scripted. Almost. Um, are you trying to tell me you won't be turning up to any of these tactics sessions in the future? Uh, I, don't, I think I might be ironing my socks, aren't I? But um, no, I'm not. I'm not overly impressed by Cathro. I'm not overly impressed by his overall demeanour. Um, I know there, there was all the criticism about him, but I think there's a lot going on at Hearts just now. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's no reason why. They can't rebuild. It'll be this is where Cathro really gets. Really gets. We see what he's all about. You know, um, we see how his years of playing football managers paid off. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we, we see. We see how things. How things go in the summer. Um, how he regroups his player. Is he the type of guy who will really get a dressing room up for the next season? Um, I have my doubts personally, but um, it will be interesting to see. I think there's a lot of players there who. Just, I've kind of tailed off the same way the team has overall. You know, I just think that they're just not the same team that we saw a few months ago. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how 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 they go about their business, kind of close season. But certainly, it's not been a, it's not been a good few months for Hearts. No, I think that's um, a kind of fair assessment of where Hearts have been uh, last few months. Um, from that we'll move on to the final game in the top six which was a pretty comfortable 4-1 uh, win for Celtic against St Johnston it was 0-0 at half time um, Celtic did have a few chances but um, kind of really kind of turned it on in the second half and never really looked in doubt I think the main thing we can take from this is of course the, the Ralston and Johnston were uh, starting for Celtic to uh, to youngsters um, who I think they coped pretty well um, Fisher uh, by all accounts they did yeah um, having not seen any of the game but seeing um, Johnson play was it how old is he just an interest you're not sure because he played de- I'm sure he definitely played against um, Rangers in one of the if not oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he played in, I think he played in one of the youth youth cup finals yeah. Um, and certainly Celtic seemed very impressive, and especially the one at Hamden, which I think was like the development league one, as Connor Park would call it. Um, but obviously, for, for Celtic now, I think it's just a case of keeping people ticking over, introducing new players, um, and and making sure that everybody is still fit for for the cup final. Yep, uh, Ross. What was your kind of assessment? I know Johnston certainly. Uh, done really I well for the. I set up the the, the Roberts goal. He, he done really well that, for. That brilliant wee turn as well. Really, really nice wee turn. They set up a chance for himself and he blasted it wide. But I thought he looked. I thought he looked quite lively. Um, I actually thought the boy Ralston looked good as well. Yeah. 
Um, I thought he looked relatively solid at right back, and uh, it's good to have two two young Scottish guys coming coming through. Um, hopefully, obviously, it was a bit of a hurled win day for for uh, Johnson, obviously signing the signing the uh, deal afterwards as well. So, yeah, I think the end of season games obviously gives when Celtic are this comfortable, and it gives gives them the chance to play these guys and I think we saw last season was it Jack Aitchison playing against uh, in the last day of the season it was Motherwell yeah yeah yeah, and obviously scoring so you know but Aitchison's not really featured featured much this season has he really uh, that, uh, no as a fair point to bring up because it does seem to be sometimes the case where We'll see a lot of youngsters make their debut late on in the season, and then we won't see them again next year. Um, yeah, I, think, for, I think I think we need to point out as though that you know when you get Dundee and and um, you know the form Celtic attack, the form that Celtic's attack has been in this season, you know it's almost impossible to to fit the likes of Hs and in, into that into that side. Um, but I mean, perhaps you know now last few games of the season we'll see we'll see more of. The likes of uh, Johnson, Ralston, and maybe even Aitchison again, um, which can only be which can only be a positive because the more young players we can bring through, you know, I'm a big fan of the national team. So hopefully, that that in turn, um, you know, maybe we can have another Kieran Tierney or someone like that coming through. Just on uh, Jack Aitchison, he was one that I know definitely played in in both games which I watched mm. the the two cup finals, and he certainly appeared to be the best player in Celtic's team at that level. Anyway, look to be fair to him. I think um, you know what Rangers have done in their youth system is they've gotten rid of a lot of the older kind of players and it's very much kind of 16, 17 and 18 year olds but even Aitchison's what, 19? Yeah, Aitchison's 19. 19, yeah. he looked like, so much bigger than just about everybody else in the park so he looks, he certainly looks to be a good player but I, I, I get where Ross is coming from there um, but that was just a wee point I wanted to add in about Aitchison the only like two times I've ever sorry no Aitchison isn't 19 he's 17, he's 17 he yeah. looks absolutely massive for a 17 year old I, like, I, compared to just about everybody else in the park he looked absolutely massive so he did the other thing is as well you know I think a couple of seasons ago as well we'll remember the hype around Aidan Nesbitt coming through at Celtic um, scoring quite a lot of goals the under 20s scoring in the Youth Cup final you know I think we see a lot of these guys and then they kind of they kind of go away, they go out and loan. Obviously, Nesbitt's had a decent season at Morton. Um, I don't think there's any denying that he's been he's been he's been good. Any time I've seen him, he's been he's been very impressive. Um, particularly when they beat some, beat us four one at Capoe, he was he was excellent that night. As were the whole team, to be fair. But um, I I just like to see these guys get a chance at Celtic, and you know the more players that Celtic can bring through, as I've touched on, can only be can only be a good thing. Yeah, and. Um just obviously there was a kind of a lot of talk after this. There was the Player of the Year awards. Uh, Sinclair got it for Celtic. Manager Year uh, went to Rogers. Um, Young Player of the Year went to Tierney. And we uh, go the season went to Dembele. A clean sweep for Celtic. Um, Deservedly so. Uh, I'd probably say so. The only thing I'd maybe say was Cooler Valley's goal for yeah, the Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. Was, yeah. was better, but apart from that, you can't really, As painful as it is for me to say, you can't really um, argue with any of the selections, to be honest I think, with you. I think goal of the season is always, always difficult to, to pin down, um, you know, what you're actually looking for, what you're actually looking for in a goal of the season. You know, Cooler Valley's is an unbelievable strike. Um, I think there was some criticism of the keeper at the time and all that, but that was obviously just ridiculous. You've just got to credit the strike. Mm. Um, 
But at the same time, Celtic's goal, you know, he's scoring all that part. Every player on the team touches the ball and then the classy we finish, the ball from Lustig. It's just it's a brilliant, brilliant goal. Um, and at the same time, I think it might have been tricky to give Koulibaly the award, given he's in Egypt or whatever. So maybe that came into that a wee bit as well. Well, no, it's, it's voted by, by the players anyway, isn't it? Am I right in saying? Oh, I sorry, so it is. No, I think when you look at Celtic, you can't, you really can't argue. I'm sure there'll be maybe a Rangers fan desperate to try and claw up, or maybe a Ross County fan somewhere, but statistics about how someone deserves it more than someone else or whatever, but I think you've got to just take your hat off to Celtic this season. Um, will we touch on St Johnson here a wee bit? I mean, there's not really much to say because it's the definition of like the, of a team that's just getting on to play for pretty much at the moment. Uh, I think. Well, well, they can still catch. Well, they, no, they can't catch you. It's, no, that's not going to happen though. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're pretty hearts are rubbish, so they're not going to catch them, and they can't catch any of the teams above them. So they're probably cannot catch Rangers. Well, I can't now. I think they still could have if Rangers hadn't won, but I think that's why I was thinking that. I mean, I think I know we're saying, oh, St. Johnson's nothing to play for, as if, as if that's dire, but they've secured fourth place again. It's been another really good season for them. Um, and we write them off time and time and time again at the start of the season, saying, nah, they can't do that again. They can't They can't get higher than fifth or whatever. Or higher, you know, I think it's, it's testament to Tommy Wright. And, you know, there's no real superstars in his team, you know. You look at, you look at Hearts, you look at Aberdeen, you look at Rangers, you look at Celtic. There's all this. There's a lot of talent in those teams. I'm not saying there's not a lot of talent at St Johnson, but at the same time, you know, you, you still get seasoned pros like Stephen McLean there. Um, you get guys like Wotherspoon there. They're good, solid footballers, um, and I wouldn't say they have a better squad than many of the other teams massively. You know, I wouldn't say they're miles ahead of other teams when it comes to their squad, but they've got a lot of they've got a lot of players who have been there, done it, got the t-shirt. Um, so I think you've got to credit them. Um, but it'll be interesting again to see how they how they go in close season. Obviously, Danny Swanson's away, isn't he? He's going to Hibs. Mm. Um, that's a big that's a bit of a blow for them. So, um, but no, I think there's there's a good solid core of player there. Um, so I think they'll be. He'll be happy again with another, another very good season. I mean, just quickly to clarify, when I said like they're not play for, I'm, I'm more kind of meant like the, the the whole kind of menace about this game. Like it, it was more so like, oh, this is another team that have been beaten by Celtic quite comfortably. I don't really know if there's much we can learn from so that. Be fair, so they just we were talking about they can't actually still catch Rangers there because yeah, it's nine points. Yeah. Um, mm. They would need a bit of a goal swing. They've got. Their goal difference is plus three, yours is plus eleven. They'd obviously need us to not win again, which you know is completely plausible. To be fair, um, uh, I don't. I mean, I think we've touch would get third place pretty much secure, but that was kind of just a, a bit of fact, factual correction there on our part. Fair enough. Um, we do love our facts on this podcast, um, and with that, we'll move to. Um, the bottom six. The bottom six, yeah. Lots more facts there. Um, yeah. Where will we start here? Right, I think we should probably start with Inverness Hamilton because Inverness would have been down. If they would have been down, yeah. Aye. Aye. And that's why I think, like, because a lot of people are trying to make out this as 
like the not not the revival, but the, now they can build from this, and I just don't. No. To, be, to be fair, the, the result did come out of nowhere, I suppose, but I just don't see them go building on this. There's no the, there's no evidence, but um, they they done a few changes. I mean, Draper, I think, is the main one for me. They brought in uh, a guy who didn't start the um, Highland Derby, and um, I think a guy they probably missed in that game, especially. But um, yeah. I mean, uh, do you hold out any hope for them, Ross? Uh, no, I think at this stage in the season, four points, especially at that end of the table, is is very very tough to overturn. Um, you know, it is possible, but at the same time, when you look at Inverness over the course of the season, I wouldn't really say that. You know, they've they've been they had a wee spell, kind of. I think it was just before around Christmas, um, where they really they picked up. But I just I just think that they're I just think that they're down. Um, I think they've, I think they've kind of had the. I think it's time for a, a rebuild at Inverness. You know, obviously they gave for that. It was quite a lengthy contract ago, wasn't it? It was three years. years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, they've obviously got faith in him. Um, I think I don't think it's the worst thing actually if if Inverness go down. Um, I think a rebuilding job there. You know. Since since they won the cup, I would I would say in fact since they lost Yogi Hughes, I would say that they've been they've been a bit of a demise. Um, so yeah, I, I think if they go down, I think they could be down for a, a couple of seasons. But I think they would they would be back they'll be back up eventually, and I think they'd be stronger and better for it. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they actually cope next year. You know, you'll be looking at the championship and saying. You know, you might have Falkirk in there, you might have Dundee United in there, Morton. These teams will all be hopeful of pushing, you know, Samarn as well. If if we recruit well in the summer, we'll, we'll be hopeful of mounting that, some sort of challenge up there as well with, with our form uh, since Christmas. Um, so there's a lot of teams in the Championship, if Inverness do come down, that they'll, they'll all be fighting for it. And again, I think it's testament to the Championship of how, how good a season it'll be next year again. Um, but yeah, I think Inverness are are going to be doomed. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, Inverness won this game fairly comfortably, although the score might not really indicate that, but maybe should have been more than the two goals. I mean, Hamilton offered absolutely nothing. I mean, as much as... Like, me personally, I don't, I, I, I don't think there's any way that Inverness are going to escape the allegation. I don't think there's any signs throughout the season that have, that have shown that Inverness... Have what it takes to go three games unbeaten, well, so three wins. Sorry, um, I just don't see that happening. But mathematically, obviously, it is possible, and I think it is helped by the fact that the split allows you to play teams around you. So, of course, the next game, um, the next midweek is uh, Hamilton play Motherwell. So, whoever wins that, you could argue is probably safe. And then, of course, and then of course you've got that. It's still is a four point gap, but if Inverness can win that game, then it goes down to one point. And of course, I think Inverness play Motherwell on the last day of the season anyway. So, aye. So I mean that that could, who knows if say Motherwell were to lose against Hamilton and they'll play for on the last day. It, it could it, feasibly happen, but I just I probably 
don't think I don't think it will. Like, there's no real I signs. Think to... are down, and I think Hamilton will go down with them. I think if you, I know we'll come on to the mother game in a minute, but take that individual error away, and that's probably you're looking at a nil-nil draw. Yeah, I know. Obviously, that's kind of an easy thing to say. It being one-nil only, but it didn't really. It didn't. Really, it didn't look like a great game. And it didn't look like either team had that great of chances. To be honest with you, um, I mean, just speaking about this game, I mean Hamilton, where I mean Karen kind of talked after it about. He's not, a, he's not a manager that will really blames referees, but you could tell he was a bit angry about the penalty, uh, the penalty decision. I, I don't think that matters because I think no matter what, I think Inverness probably win that game and I think they win it quite comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were by far, the, by far the better team in this game and I think that would maybe worry me a wee bit if I was a Hamilton fan. Aye, I think Hamilton would be playoffs. Uh, I thought Hamilton, to be fair, to the most part would just be automatic but I think you're looking at the two worst teams in the league played each other and I know Mother were sitting in the 11th but they are a better team than, than the other two I believe mm. uh, not by much I, I'd, I'd be honest I think the, the bottom three are very much the worst three teams in the league and then Dundee have obviously done done well recently under McCann and then Thistle and Kilmarnock you could argue you know in other seasons probably could have finished in the top six so um I think it'll be interesting, but I certainly think that, as you were saying, Cali Thistle were pretty much all but down. Yeah, I mean, we kind of touched on Muddle there a wee bit. Um, we'll bring them into the relegation story, as it will. Uh, they get beat by Ross County, uh, 1-0 at home. Certainly, uh, if you look at some of the defending for the, the goal, it, I mean, it was it was horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous. Um, and... I think that that's the main thing for Mother was that they can't defend, and I would still worry for them. I, I know that they've got that name attached to them. I think that's why some people are thinking that oh they'll be okay. But I, I just I, I would certainly really worry, given how bad that defence has looked in recent weeks. Will you go on with that, Ross? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think you look at Motherwell, and on paper they've got a decent range of you know kind of youth and experience. Um, you've got Hamill in there, you know, you've got Lasley, Lasley somehow still being one of your key men in, in centre mid, but, you know, they've still got a decent squad. Um, like some Moe, Ainsworth, Cadden, all decent players. Um, but, it's not been a good season for them. Um, I, I just don't feel like there's particularly good vibes coming out. Obviously, they're down the bottom, but, you know, I thought it was a bit strange, for example, they, they changed their goalkeeper um, on Saturday, you know, took Samson, dropped Samson. And if they I brought in a, yeah, the young Griffiths. boy. Yeah, Griffiths, aye. Yeah, I, I think Samson's a, a solid keeper. I know he's prone to the odd mistake, but in the grand scheme of things, he's he's a decent... Maybe I'm just blinded by well, no, no, blind no, faith when Boston makes a run, but... Um, no, no, it's, it's a really good point you bring up, um... Samson, I don't particularly rate. However, to bring him out of the team at this point, the state, yeah, at this exactly. stage of the season, does strike me as a wee bit worrying, or yeah, just a bit, a bit strange example, anyway. It's a completely new goalkeeper for your defensive back four to work with. Yeah, you know, um, which is which is huge at this at this time of the season. It's a big gamble, um, but yeah, I, I would worry for Motherwell slightly, but I, I just feel like they're capable of pulling one last result to to save them. And I think I think they will beat Hamilton actually. Um, although I'm, I'll probably go for a draw in the predictor, but that's just to be safe. But I would I would, I would maybe just fancy them to to, to beat Hamilton. Um, 
of course, Ross County um, ended up winning this one, I think. Yeah, I, I don't think mathematically there's... Well, they're definitely not going to get relegated, but I don't know if they're mathematically away from the playoffs. Um, however, I mean, it would take Seven some... Seven points. Ah, it would take some some really mental results for them to be dragged back into it. Um, so yeah from there we'll move on to the final game which was of course uh, Kilmarnock um, their defeat at home to Dundee and Neil McCann train um, keeps on rolling through through the station Fisher mm-hmm. sure. um, I'm really happy obviously for Neil McCann because I, I do like him obviously being an ex-Rangers player and then I think he is one of the better pundits that, especially on Sky to be fair <laughs> that we get subjected to um, and I think that Dundee team is better than what they've shown I'd, I mean I've, I've tipped them pretty much all season for them to go down um, and I thought they were heading in that way um, until they made the change obviously a lot of people I think were probably probably laughed at it more than anything but so far it's so far so good I think looking at the highlights Dundee had plenty of chances um, Kilmarnock you could argue could have had a penalty. I think it was Gomez with a handball, yeah. um, but I think overall Dundee looked looked worthy winners definitely on the on the day. But can I also just point out that um, a linesman whited on the side. Well, that of course, um, but also Kelly nearly got his head blown off. Um, what was that about? It was uh, Ben just like went for a goal kick and just smacked smashed it off his face. Uh, but, but I don't know. If, I don't know if it was on. Sports scene off. It was. I'm not sure where. I don't like, remember I, seeing that. In it was on. I think it was on the SPFL highlights because I had a wee look at them and yeah, it just absolutely smacks them. Um, but yeah, of course there was the whitey thing as well. Um, I. I mean, to be fair, I don't think there was really much between the sides, but certainly Dundee well, looks. Kelly, I didn't think Kelly did anything great. Mm, um, yeah. I think McCulloch owned up to that afterwards, saying, you know, saying the first. They kind of they showed in the last twenty minutes they were a wee bit better, but other than that they were they were they were off it. Um, I, I I think that's that's exactly. I think he said it was an off day for them, which yeah, is probably yeah. fair. And but I think at the same time, you know, um, Scott Scott Baines did an excellent game for the Indies, a couple of really good saves. I think he's been very very decent for them this season, um, and I think the situation could be a lot worse if he wasn't if he wasn't between the sticks. Um, it would actually, be interesting to see if they keep him. Uh, the next season I don't know what his contract mm. situation is or that but no just to touch on Callum's point about Neil McCann I do like Neil McCann I think he's he's got a kind of he's got a wee bit of a presence about him for someone that's not been a manager before I don't know if it's just because we're used to him being on a TV screen um, but for someone that's not been a manager before you know he, he speaks very well um, he's obviously quite an intelligent guy um, but I think you know two wins out of two is obviously very impressive um, and it just strikes me as it just strikes me as a guy who, who will do a relatively solid job there, and who you know I think Dundee should should I know it's early days and it's only two wins, but for a, for a manager to come in at this stage of the season and do exactly what he's been brought in to do is very difficult, and um, credit to him for for doing that. And I think he's he's put himself in a good position for I'm fairly certain Dundee will be safe now, and he's put himself in a good a good position for next season for keeping the job on a permanent basis. I mean, you kind of talk there about how he's an intelligent guy, and obviously he is, but, I mean, all the stuff he's done at Dundee, it's been pretty straightforward, it's been pretty simple, I mean, I think the, yeah, the team the, the team are playing with a lot more freedom now, they look a lot, they have a, a kind of confidence about them that just wasn't there under Hartley, um, 
and it's, it's almost like simple things he's doing, really. I think, I think, I think there has been a change since McCann's come in. Obviously, given the fact of one two in the bounce, um, and I just think that McCann seems like a more almost approachable character, kind of not saying one of the lads, but someone who who he'll, who he'll, who will kind of have a laugh with the players during training. Training, I think Hartley, I think Hartley just looked. Like a man who, well, not a homeless man, but he just looked like a man worn down almost. Um, you know, post-match interviews, he always looked. It didn't matter if he'd won two 0 or he beat. He, he always looked depressed. I think McCann's got a get a kind of different, completely different vibe about him. Got a kind of happy, happy guy, a very positive guy, um, which is something you need when you're in this that situation. Yep, I think that's. Uh... Uh, an apt way to end um, our kind of we dive into the into the Premiership and the bottom six there. Um, with that, we'll move to the Championship, and we will speak to Tom McKinnon, who is on the line uh, all the way from. Uh, he's making his way to Capio. Tom, how you doing? Yeah, hi, Lewis. Uh, yeah, I've just just got outside of Capio about fifteen minutes ago now. Um, I think. United will play somewhat cagey, despite the team we've put out. It's quite attacking. I'd like to see, like, Matu Klasi in the team. He's great on the ball, which is whether it's got fitness concerns, whether I can play the full 90 or not. Um, but I think it'll probably be the 4 5 1 we've been playing recently, as opposed to maybe a 4 4 2 with Nicholson partnered by Murray. Um, with Andrew in behind. I think if we can come away with draw or a win, I think we should be okay because I, I just can't see Martin beating us on Friday night at Paradise. How much? I think you're home. Yeah. Sorry, go on. I, I, I'm just, just on that kind of last point there, I was going to talk about the fact that um, obviously Martin not been on great form recently going into the playoffs um, and they've lost that home record. How much of, mm. n- not your confidence, but the fact that you feel that y- you can't, as I said, you can't see them getting getting Peter Tannadice, how much does that play into the fact that they have been on a really poor run of form recently? Yeah, I think that poor run that was a double done, the fact that they lost they lost that home record and since then their their total their form home and away has just gone gone very poorly. Um I think yeah, I think the the contrasting home records will play a massive part obviously but um yeah, as I said earlier, I just I, I just can't see them coming away with a win on Friday night. I think they'll have to go for it tonight. Uh, although with that, it's without Aidan Nesbitt and Katongo, who but Nesbitt's out for tonight and Katongo's out for the rest of the season, apparently. So I I think they will go for it, but I think United will hopefully just hit... I think they'll probably hit them on the counter with Spittle and Murray's pace on the counter. I mean, obviously, just in regards to the playoffs in general, if United were to get through this uh, the Morton game how far do you think they'd be able to go do you think they'd be able to reach the the, the, the playoff against the Premiership side sorry or, or would you think they could even uh, get promotion or is that just n- not a realistic um, goal at this point See, at this stage our squad isn't probably isn't good enough to cope with the six games in such a short period of time particularly as you get obviously get further you'd have to play the stronger opposition I think that's the same as Morton's I think our squad's probably better than Morton's and it's bigger anyway um, but I'd be very surprised if come 
August the fifteenth who are playing in the Premiership. I could I can think I can see Falkirk doing it because we'll the two teams whoever goes through after, through this tie will will be fairly tired as it is. Um without probably key players because I, I know Mark Dernan's walking a suspension tightrope. So I can see I can see Falkirk doing it. I'd be very surprised if Arthur Morton get to the playoffs. And I, I think it I think that probably leads to the question that it should be restructured in terms of mm. I think maybe following the championship of the League One playoff system makes a lot more sense than the way we are at the moment. It's so heavily weighted in favour of the Premiership side, it's just not it's not fair anymore. Well, I mean, no, it's a, it's a it's a really fair point and something that I think we've kind of talked about in the podcast before in regards to how it is. I think it is definitely weighted towards the Premiership side. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, I think the, the facts speak for themselves, apart from um, Hibs during that, when they were just in utter, utter dire straits. Yeah. Uh, apart from that time, no uh, Championship teams ever really been promoted. So... I think that kind of speaks for itself in a lot of ways, but um, yeah, just finally kind of touching on the fact that, of course, these two teams, Morton and United, actually played each other um, mm-hmm. last week, uh, sorry, on Saturday. Yeah. Um, how much will the game, or how, can we learn much from that game, or will it resemble, um, will these two playoffs games re- resemble it to an extent? I, I, I don't think so. I think because um, Morton played a week inside. I just I, th- I think that will be treated as to to, to Morton it was a nothing game in terms of they couldn't have gone up in the table or down they'd be qualified for fourth and that was as good as they're going to get um, and I know the first half it was fairly dire I wasn't at the game but by all accounts it was a fairly poor first half and it's, I think United deserved to win overall because we were a lot better in the second half Andrew hit the bar as well um, I think you could probably learn more about how United are going to maybe treat the game in the first half but they're maybe not going to go hell for leather in this leg because they don't necessarily need to. Whereas I think Morton, without having to go all out, I don't think I don't think they'll be too concerned on defending. I think they'll have to go for it just purely because I can't see them scoring more than once at Tardis. And just finally, Tom, before um, you leave us, I want a prediction from. Tonight's game, which will already have been by the time you, the listeners have listened, and of uh, course the game on uh, Saturday as well, if you don't mind. Okay, one-one tonight, and I think we'll either win two-one or one-nil on Friday night. Fingers crossed. That's Dun United, of course. So there you go, folks. Um, Dun United will be going through to the next round of the playoffs, according to Tom at least. <laughs> uh, but no, Tom. Uh, cheers uh, for coming on, and good luck tonight. Yeah, thank you. It's been no problem. Uh, no problem at all. Right, and with that, um, we'll now move on to other matters. Um, Hibs drew one-one with St Mirren. Of course, it was a trophy day at Easter Road. Um, and Ro- yeah, Ross. I mean, you can probably talk about this game. Firstly, were you, were you at the game, or did you get to no, see the game? I was on. I was on the line at Pollock on Saturday, so. Couldn't make it along, unfortunately. I'd love to have been there. I'd but, been. I was actually at uh, the Wraith Rose game the week before, five right. 0 So that was that was very enjoyable. Um, when I got in from my game on Saturday, I was basically sat on the, the stairs looking at my phone, refreshing refreshing my phone every few seconds, making sure that we'd we'd uh, held out. But yeah, I think you know it's brilliant um, to 
go there, get the job done. You know, at one point, I think we were getting beat, and Rafe, it looked like Rafe might just do it. Um, but no, it's it's been unbelievable to be honest with you. I was in, I was at the Player of the Year Awards on the on Saturday night there in one of the local pubs, and uh, players come in, the place was just bouncing, um, absolutely bouncing. All the players were there. Uh, it was just a big, a massive party. Um, I think Gary McKenzie will have a seriously sore head on Sunday morning. Would have had a seriously sore head because he was, he is he was absolutely steaming. Um, ended up up on the table with his top off, uh, dancing, singing along. Um, so yeah, he was in a bad way. I think a few of them are well on, but I think they they more than deserve it after the after the turnaround this season. You know, four points we were on at the, the turn of the year. I think it was. Yeah, and you know, to finish in seventh place on thirty nine, it's it's unbelievable to be honest with you. Um, you know, even to go to Hibs and get a point with with their whole um, return to the Premiership coming up and all that sort of thing, and wanting to go out with a win, you know, it's it's really impressive. I don't even think it was that great a performance from us, but we went there and we got the job done. Um, you know, it's, it's just it's huge for the club staying in the league. Um, and there's a confidence about us now. You know, the chat on Saturday was that we go again next season. Not to sound like Stephen Gerrard there, but we go again <laughs> next season. And um, you know, we, we I honestly think we can mount a serious a serious challenge next year. You, know, you look at the turnaround. Um, there's no reason to, to suggest otherwise. The difficulty will be, and I think may prove to be a problem we'll be we'll be keeping some of the players you know I think Malin Malin will be gone um, I think there'll be offers for Morgan um, Cammy Smith has been excellent when when he played against Ray Thrower last week when I saw him he was he stood out a mile I know Malin scored a hat-trick but Cammy Smith was brilliant um, I'm very I'm certain he'll be snapped up by a by a premiership team um, you know he's he's just he's got pace He's strong. Um, he's just a very, very solid player, and you know the likes of a Ross County or someone like that. That would be, that'd be an, or even you know Hibs going back up. It's it would be a, a very decent signing. Um, but no, it's it's been brilliant. You know, to the turnaround they've made. Stephen McGinn coming back. He's been outstanding since he came back. He's just someone that bleeds black and white. Um, so yeah, it's it's been it's been brilliant. I think. You know, there have been obviously air have fallen massively. Um, Wraith, God knows what's happened there when you look at them at the start of the season. Um, but you know, we went about a business. Jack Ross deserves huge, huge credit. Um, I think the difficulty might be might be keeping him. Uh, a few of my pals have actually pointed out that he could be next man possibly for Hearts um, with that wee connection there. Uh, whether it happened, I think it may be a wee bit early, but I think he's he's focused on some money right now, which is, and I, I do generally mean that. I know it's a bit of a cliche saying yeah, he'll focus on the job in hand, and oh, he'll be he'll be away the first the first shot. But I think he is generally in it for 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 the long run. Um, but now the focus is, you know, if you look at the table at the start of the season and see that we would finish seventh, you'd have been hugely disappointed. But if you look at the table at Christmas and see we'd finish seventh, you'd be you'd be amazed and. I think that's got to be massive credit to, to the to the players and the fans who have been there week in week out, home and away. You know, taking some brilliant crowds um, away from home, 
you know, likes of Falkirk, places like that, Queen of South midweek, you know, things like that. It's been it's been unbelievable, and the fans deserve a lot of credit for, for being such a dire season. They've, they've really stuck by the players, and you could sense a huge sense of relief from Saturday night inside the bank house, <laughs> you know, from from both the players and the the coaching staff, and um, yeah, it was it was great. I mean. F- uh, fair play to you because you've done a very good job of summing everything up there. But um, I, I think certainly the last few weeks there's, there's been a feeling that there's been a lot of momentum in the favour of St Mirren, and it was almost like you weren't out of the woods at all. But no. you still there's still that feeling that there's no chance that St Mirren are going to get rid of. It was just in, inconceivable that it would happen. Oh. But was there any point in the last few weeks where you thought? Maybe we might go down, or was it just like well, I've complete faith in Jack Ross? We'll stay up. Well, I think you know when you're looking at it, going away to Hibs in the last day of the season is hardly an ideal situation to be in when you're needing a when you're needing a result, especially when Rafe and Air are playing one another. Um, my dad was actually speaking at a dinner with Tony Fitzpatrick on Friday night, and uh, you know he'd said Tony Fitzpatrick had said that even if they got into the playoffs, he was fairly confident that. That they would win the playoffs, um, you know they get they get out of that situation, which is completely understandable with, you know, with the the performances we've been putting in in recent weeks. But at the same time, you know, if, if we had, say, get beaten by Hibs and been put into the playoffs, you know, the, the momentum, the positivity of the last few years, eh, few years, sorry, few weeks, would have been would have been shattered in an instance, and it would have been a completely different ball game. I, I would still be fairly confident that we would have got out of the situation, but. At the same time, you don't want to be in a playoff. Um, anything can happen. I've had to get race rovers now. I'm I'm not certain how that will turn out. But I wouldn't say there's been a point in recent weeks where I've been thinking, mm, I'm not sure about this. Um, I'd say I've been fairly confident. Even getting into the last game where we still needed a point at Easter Road probably to, to guarantee it. Um, I would still say that I always thought that we would get it done from probably about I would say the one of the big turning points was air away when we won two 0 at air. Um, that was a that was a huge game and a huge win. Uh, just to, I'm trying to think when that was exactly, but I can't remember. But it was that was a huge result. Um, and then we've put in we've went in an unbelievable run. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been pretty pretty incredible and really really you know as I, I've, I've pointed out countless times we've got a very good squad in paper. Um, but we've found a few hidden gems in there as well. You know, Gary McKenzie, good player of the year the other night. Uh, Stevie Mallon, obviously, coming through the youth systems in an excellent second half of the season. Uh, Lewis Morgan as well. You know, there's, there's a lot of good players in there. Um, so, yeah, I think it's an air of positivity in Paisley just now, and let's hope it continues. Well, speaking about uh, air, they uh, get uh, beat 2 uh, <laughs> 1 by Wraith Rovers. Um, do you feel a wee bit for Wraith here, given that they they did get? I mean, it was it was a very late goal uh, from Declan McManus, ninetieth minute. But do you feel a wee bit for them here, or were they just not good enough? Do you think overall? Um, in the end, I, I think it's it's interesting. Last week, actually, well, I would say, I would probably say it's not that they're not good enough. They just I don't think they really believed in themselves. You know. Uh, Yogi Hughes came out last week. I don't know if you saw saw his kind of yeah, speech yeah, after <laughs> Hammond, Hammond last week um, off off of some man. 
you know, he was he was raging, and you think if anyone was going to get a team up for a game, it would be would be Yogi Hughes. And obviously, they went out and won the game with ten men. By the way, that keeper, the guy Pen Penska, must be one of the worst signings in Scottish football. He was atrocious last week, like so bad. And, and, and of course, got sent off yeah, in the fourth minute in this game. The, it was Craig Moore, wasn't it? Was it Moore that he like he filled? I think it. I think it was. Yeah, and who had just come back off of concussion. <laughs> And apparently, like, panelled him or something, and I haven't yeah, seen it, I obviously. Seen it. No, but I've it. just been told that he absolutely wipes the boy out, and apparently, I think yeah, he had well, to for go, a keeper, for off. a keeper to get sent off for serious foul play, <laughs> rather than denying a free goal scoring opportunity, that's that's takes something special. Um, fourth minute as well, it's kind of, yeah, I'm sure that was exactly in Yogi Hughes' plans. Um, but no, it showed a bit of character for them for them to come back. I'm not. I'm not entirely positive. I'm not. I, I can't stick my neck out either way and say they'll be down or they'll stay up because I, I really don't know what race Rovers will turn up. To be honest with you, um, again they'll get some decent players, but yeah, I, I just don't. I don't get a lot of positivity about them, um, which is completely understandable given the given the situation. Yep. Um, in terms of air, um, I suppose I mean they needed some. I think it was five goals, five goal swing, um, or, or just to win this this game five 0 I think. But given that the <laughs> was had a goalkeeper sent off in the fourth minute, they're probably not going to get a better chance than that. And again, they they couldn't capitalise. And it's kind of similar, kind of manner to when the other time they played Rayther was without a goalkeeper and they. Just couldn't. What they can, they can, they can go over the line, and as well, I'm just looking at the shots here. Wraith Rovers get five shots, two on target. Yeah, nineteen shots and six on target. That's a mental, mental start, and they still yeah. lost the game. I think that maybe sums up a lot. Yeah, I think it does. I think um, Ian McCall will be very disappointed at how the, how it's turned out because I think they were sitting relatively comfortably for probably well not comfortably but it's probably to do with the the rise of some in the last few months as well um i think it was race rovers at one point won, won 19 points or something ridiculous 19 17 points ahead of some month for example and just completely blew it completely bottled it um but as for air yeah i think they'll they'll have to regroup um and and build again i actually quite like air i like i like their ground um, and I, I don't, I don't really mind them, but um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty dire for them. I think most people were expecting them to finish to go back straight back down, but I think some idiot tipped them for fifth place, um, possibly me. Uh, d- d- so, don't worry, Ross. We'll be going through. I think I might have tipped them for round about that area as well, mate. Yeah, so I, I, I will be going through all the all your predictions uh, later on in the show. I've not actually gotten to hands. So you're gonna have to try and remember and not make up stuff. Quick shout out for my shout out. Um, no, quick shout out for my shout of uh, Scott Bowden being um, like one of the best possible. Oh, Jesus, I forgot we done that. I I I've got um, my three here that's just. Well, my six actually, because we had three players who would dance on three players who have a shocker and some, oh, some interesting that. ones. And that's that is the biggest, the worst <laughs> thing I've ever said about the players that will have a shocker. I, I should just be, don't I should just never don't worry, comment we'll, on football again. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll tease uh, the audience. You can listen. I'll look forward to that at the end of the show. Um, yeah. Before we go on to that, 
there was obviously a few other games uh, other than the relegation tussle. Um, there was, I suppose, the kind of playoff um, tussle in terms of who's going to finish where. Um, Falkirk guaranteed second place um, with a 1 0 win over Dumbarton. Uh, a really late 85th minute Nathan Austin goal um, for Falkirk. Um, yeah, good result for them, Ross. And yeah. obviously, it's a massive bonus and massive advantage that they don't have to play these two games or the first two yeah. games in the playoffs. I'm sure Connor would have been delighted um, at that. I think, you know, Falkirk again have kind of went under the radar a wee bit. I think there's probably been more focus on Dundee United and everything going on there than there has been on, on Falkirk. I think they're almost expected now um, to be kind of round about, round about where they are. Um, it's been another another good season for them. Um, again, they've went under the radar, possibly a wee bit like, a wee bit like Aberdeen. Um I think they'll, I think they'll really fancy themselves now. To be honest with you, you know, I, I think, I think the Premiership, I think it could do a lot worse than having Falkirk in it. If I'm honest with you, um, you know, say, if you could substitute a Falkirk for say a, a Hamilton or one of these teams, you know, I'm not saying I've got anything against Hamilton, but I would just say Falkirk would probably bring a wee bit more. That's just my own personal opinion, but mm. um, yeah, I think again. A solid victory. Um, Dumbarton, though, I mean, so man finished ahead of them. That's, that's a bit mental, isn't it? Um, <laughs> seventh place we finished, and like that, that's mental. But Dumbarton, eighth place. But I mean, huge credit to them, Dumbarton, for staying up. Uh, obviously, not the result on Saturday, but huge credit to them for staying up. Part-time team. Um, that's that's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive going from them. Um, and you know, next season again, they'll, they'll need to. They'll be, I'm sure they'll be. Aiming for a, a similar situation, I, I don't really think they can push any further than where they are. They're kind of punching above their weight, as I think, just staying in the league. Um, but yeah, next season I think they'll be they'll be going at it again, and I'm sure I'm sure they'll they'll be there or thereabouts at the bottom. But I think I think you know they've got to take confidence in this season um, and see how it goes. But certainly, yes, to go back to the original point with Falkirk, very impressed and an excellent victory for them. Um, and I think they will really fancy their chances for the playoffs now. Um, quickly bring you in here, Fisher. Um, and you kind of mentioned earlier on how, if I'm right in saying you thought Hamilton would, or, or certainly the Premiership side would be relegated, uh, do you think Falk are the team that will replace them? Uh, well, I wouldn't count out Morton because Morton have had a, a really, really good season, obviously, um, and they've still, by all accounts, got a lot of momentum behind them. Dundee United seem to be kind of be stuck. A wee bit. Um, I still think it'll be. To be fair, I still think. I don't know actually. Now that I say that, I think I do. I, I do definitely think Hamilton are getting relegated. If I was to put money on it, I would say Falkirk. But I have a sneaking suspicion that for some reason Morton might just go up. Interesting. Why you say that? Um, I don't know why. But I think Morton hmm. slipped away massively. Um, you know, I, I think. When they get beat at home by Dunfermline, I think a few heads turned, to be honest, at that point. Um, it was a first home defeat in a, a year or something. Um, but I, 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 mean, that, I mean, that was something me and Tom kind of picked up on earlier uh, in regards yeah. to the kind of poor home record of Morton. But um, I'd just continue, Ross, I Yeah, I think they have slipped away. Um, in the last, probably last couple of months or so, obviously getting beat 4-1 at home to... To St Man didn't help matters, um, but 
you know, we've touched on it all season. They've got a good a good group of players there. Ross Forbes obviously getting was it team of the year he get was it team of the year? Yeah, it was uh, I think it was Ross Forbes and uh, Thomas Aware got yeah. um Aye. got team of the year, which is um, more than those players deserve, I think. Well, the 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 least they deserve, sorry. Aye, exactly. Um so I don't know what where that was coming from. Uh, if anything I thought um Tom Aware probably should have been even nominated for uh, player of the year, maybe ahead of uh, the certain person that got it, uh, yeah. and John McGinn. But uh, no, I, I think um, with that, I think we've, well, sorry, obviously uh, the final um, game uh, in the championship, uh, Queen of the South uh, lost one 0 at home to the Fermanagh Athletic, a really late ninety uh, first minute uh, winner from Nicky Clark. Uh, for the pars, um, yeah, well, it's, it's an excellent season then for the Thailand. It is. Well, they end up finishing fifth place and uh, four yeah. points behind uh, Morton, which yeah. Yeah, it was, it, it's certainly been a better second after the season than uh, the first. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. I think if you were to say it in Thailand, they'd, they'd only be four points off the playoffs at the start of the season. They would have, they would have bent you over and grabbed you with both. Well, maybe not careful. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't the right thing to say, but they would have grabbed grabbed it with both both. both <laughs> arms. Keep a on that one here. Um, but yeah, mm. impressive. I'm sure Jim Leishman will have enjoyed a few sherry's on Saturday night. I wonder why you're going there with a the Leishman uh, reference. Uh, yep, we will. Well, well let's move on. Yeah. Uh, so the final table looks like this. Um, Hibernian finished uh, first place, of course. Second, uh, Falkirk. Third, Dundee United. Fourth, Morton. They make up the playoffs. Uh, fifth, Dunfermline. Sixth, uh, Queen of the South. Seventh, St Mirren. Eighth, Dumbarton. Ninth, Wraith Rovers. And in last place, relegated Air United. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll leave the, uh, the cool prediction thing to the end and we'll move swiftly on to week one. Sorry? Can I just say that the championship again has been brilliant. Oh yeah, it's been excellent. It's um, been excellent. It just keeps delivering time and time again. I think since they kind of changed it, you know, from first division to championship, I just think it's been it's been brilliant. It's been given a new kind of lease of life. I think the playoffs is the best thing. That's one of the best things that's happened to a game uh, in a long time. Um, and you know, it's littered with decent now the championship teams a lot of teams who are capable probably are making the step up um, and it's been it's been really really good and I'm sure you know last season was excellent and uh, mm. I'm sure next season will be will be excellent just as in, interesting as well I mean don't get me wrong it's maybe not been the best season if you can compare it to, to recent years however no. I still, I, I'll still go along with the fact that I think it's been an excellent season just in general there's been a lot of stories yeah. a lot of talking points and yeah, uh, exactly. yeah it's delivered again you know you've got you've got Martin finishing fourth Come back with some mum. Um, another Dundee United not doing as well as what people would have thought. Hibs finally, finally delivering. Um, yeah, it's been it's been it's been excellent in my opinion. Yep. Uh, well, we'll move on from Championship matters to League One. Uh, a really kind of sad, sombre end to um, League. Well, to Stenhouse Muir really for their season. Uh, they needed the win. They didn't get it. They drew one-one with Brecon City. Um, they are now automatically relegated, um, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, Peter Head leapfrogged them after a a three-two victory over Allah. I think it was. I'm not saying. Ah, it was. Well, they went down twice. Uh, 
uh, Ian Flanagan uh, took the lead for our uh, Ronnie McAllister equalised uh, for Martin uh, took the lead again but uh, a comeback from them Anderson and Jordan Brown getting the two late uh, goals uh, which uh, ensures the survival in the division it would have been unthinkable I think if uh, Peter Head had got relegated but um, well I've just said ensure their survival obviously they're, they're in ninth place so they could still get relegated but certainly they're not going to get um, they're not going to be automatically relegated um, yet as I said Stennis Muir the true 101 worth breaking um, Alan Troughton took the lead uh, in the fifth minute after um, well it's a penalty and uh, Oliver Shaw got um, the equaliser 62nd minute they, could, they didn't do enough unfortunately I mean it was a difficult one for Stennis Muir because Breakin also had a lot to play for Um they could still, I think they could still potentially have slipped out of the playoff places. Um, it was still very tight there uh, amongst that kind of wee pack. Sorry? I think Stenny were up against it though. Yeah, five minutes definitely. To lose, a, to lose a penalty after five minutes, Aye. you know, that's not, that's up there with Rafe Rovers getting a keeper sent off after four. Um, so, yeah, that's that's tough going. Um, I don't know really what, what more you can say about, about Stenny. I mean, to be fair to Stenny, I don't think you kind of maybe you would have seen this at the start of the year because they were getting just thumped every single week and um, for them to keep it or, or take it to the last day of the season, I don't think it's... I think certainly Brown, Ferguson and a lot of the players deserve a bit of credit. Um, I think far, far and away the team on paper are probably the weakest team in that in that division and for them to come so close, I mean, it's... It's disappointing from their point of view, but they've still given a really decent account of themselves um, this season. Um, elsewhere, um, Livingston beat Albion Rovers, pretty comfortable win there. Airdrie uh, beat Queen's Park 3-2, and they ensured a place in the playoffs. They finished third. Um, they played Brecon City. I'm not sure. That, that'll probably, that might be tonight, or that may be tomorrow night. Tomorrow. It's tomorrow night, right. Um, uh, yeah, just, sorry, just touching that. I think it's been a, a, a relatively. I know, I know it's relatively tight from from fifth down to down to the bottom. To be honest, he's only seven points separating fifth to the bottom. That's mental. Um, but sorry, <laughs> Queens Park. You know, to go to get to go up and finish finish six yeah. in that league. You know, not struggle. That's that's relatively relatively impressive. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we've kind of we've we've touched on it a wee bit before. I mean. Certainly, the last few weeks they did have the chance of the playoffs. They were on a terrific yeah, run. Yeah. They've followed a wee bit. They lost the last three games in a row, but um, so that obviously disappointing them. But I mean, for, for ages, Gus McPherson was just going on about uh, how they were. It was almost every week. It was like, oh no, we're just ensuring we 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 survive relegation, and they were sitting at the table. You know, it was a, a weird kind of situation to be in. But um, yeah, all credit to him. Um, a fantastic season for Queen's Park and maybe a bit disappointing the way it ended but um, still um, made a great account of themselves in the league um, I think the final game was Dunrah they beat East 5-2-1 a bit of a surprise here given that East 5 had quite a lot to play for um, Dunrah getting a win uh, the final table looks like this in first place Livingston who just ran away with the league this season um, second hour, uh, third Airdrie Fourth Breakin, they make up the playoffs. Of course, as we said, I think they play tomorrow, Breakin and Airdrie. 
Um, East Fife, fifth. Queen's Park, sixth. Seventh place, Drun Ra. Eighth place, Albion Rovers. And ninth place, and um, it'll be, they'll be in the the relegation playoff or the, or the promotion, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'll put your head and Stennis Muir as well. They um, finished 10th in a division. Um, I might be wrong there. I don't know if Brecon do play. Did Brecon not play the team in the championship? Should they not, they not be playing Wraith Rovers or am I wrong? Ross, help me out here. Uh, um, I'll find not, out. Not certain, mate, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm talking utter rubbish, sorry. Breaking ro- Rovers. Breaking Rovers. Uh, City, I'm making up teams here. Breaking City um, face Wraith Rovers uh, tomorrow. Airdrie face Awa and uh, Annan face Forfar Montrose play Peter Heads uh, in the League 1 playoffs. Uh, f- so with that, we'll move to League 2 very quickly. Um... Where do we start? Well, Cowden Beath probably, um, or, or maybe not. We'll maybe start with the the helicopter Saturday, as it was dubbed. Um, Arbroath won the league, um, thanks to one all draw against Dublin Albion. They took the lead really early, fifth minute, uh, and they ended up. Uh, Henderson ended up uh, well. Dublin got a penalty the seventy sixth minute of the match. So a bit of a kind of shaky end to the match, but um, for for uh, who were the main rivals, they ended up getting hammered anyway by an athletic. They were yeah three 0 down um, after forty minutes, as he said. Uh, done well to bring it back. Uh, Travis and O'Brien getting the goals, but um, I ended up just getting absolutely hammered anyway. Uh, that, I mean, Forfar's just pretty amazing how their season. Ended up given just how far, well they yeah, yeah, how far far ahead they were, everyone. Um, but our both to be fair to them, they've been pretty consistent this season. I know they've had like majority of the teams who were um, there or thereabouts this season in regards to the playoffs, in regards to like your your forfers, your Elgins, and whatever. They did fall off a wee bit in the second half of the season, but um, they were still consistent enough and. Uh, I'd say, I mean, it was a pretty tight division, but I'd probably say they deserved winners. Um, elsewhere, Elgin, as I kind of briefly touched on there, uh, they did still have a chance of uh, reaching the playoffs, but uh, they couldn't beat uh, Kevin and Beef. They drew 0-0 with them. Uh, and that means they miss out on the playoffs. Um, and Cowden and Beef, of course, go into the playoffs, uh, the, the relegation playoffs. What, and they'll what a depressing place that must have been on Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Aye, it must have been just pretty horrendous, actually, now I think about it, Borough Briggs. Um, a 0 0 draw, and uh, one team's uh, missed out in play- on the playoffs, and uh, the other team's basically get relegated. We've got three successive relegations in a row. Um, yeah, so kind of beef will face East Kilbride, who of course uh, won two one in their playoff against Bucky Thistle. They won four three in aggregate. Um, the other side that uh, just missed out on relegation, Clyde they drew one one with uh, Montrose. Good Willie getting the um, getting open and uh, Chris Templeman um, equalised from Montrose. Um, so yeah, I mean, imagine Clyde would then. Oh yeah, yeah, but we've talked about it before. I mean, if Clyde had faced East Kilbride, how ironic it would have been. But um, the the disaster scenario 
of all disaster scenarios has been avoided uh, and they can probably regroup and see what happens next year. Um, other than that, I suppose Berwick Rangers uh, also ensured their survival. They get they won three two against Edinburgh City. Um, great result for them. And yeah, they finished eighth place. I'm trying to think. Did I miss out any other games here? No, I didn't. Uh, so yeah, final uh, standings in League Two. Uh, Our both finished fourth. Ooh, finished first for you to say. Uh, very easy for me to say I've been talking too much unfortunately um, second place uh, for, for third place Aaron fourth place Montrose fifth place Elgin sixth place Stolen Albion seventh place remarkably uh, yep. Edinburgh City who has been a, an amazing season certainly yeah, a season ever since we were adopted as team of the pod yeah well, well, we never have seen that coming certainly the, last, the first couple of weeks um, I think the only reason I won last man standing when we were doing stuff like that was because I picked Edinburgh City every week and they just couldn't get find that that first win but as soon as they've done that they've um, they've just done really well and they've uh, I deservedly uh, finished in 7th place a really respectable position given it's their first season in a division, um, and both them um, uh, in eighth place, Berwick Rangers, ninth, Clyde, and uh, bottom of the pile, third successive uh, relegation in a row, Cowden Beath. Well, I suppose not relegation, but yet. Yeah, not yet. But uh, c- could be, could be. Uh, we'll, we'll see what what happens there. We'll keep uh, close tabs on that. I but, think it would be it would be quite no offence to Cowden Beath, but it would be quite nice to have East Kilbride. I think up. Mm. Quite, quite nice to have know, that horrible that, football ground that Kevin is playing and <laughs> in the top like professional leagues. It's just I think shite. to have uh, East Kilbride up, you know, East Kilbride's a big a big kind of town, mm. you know, and never never really well they've never really produced anything. Um just Alan so, McCoy's mate. Aye well okay mate. Get away from the Rangers for a minute. But no, I would I would quite Give give East Kilbride a wee a wee shot at it. Let's let's see what they can do. Cowden Bees have just went down and down and well, possibly down literally. Um so I think um it would be refreshing to see East Kilbride East Kilbride up, given given what we've seen with Edinburgh City and the success they've had. Yep. Um I've forgotten to do questions this week, so instead of that, um I do have my predictions um, that I made at the start of the year. I don't know about you guys, if you can uh, remember it, or if you've maybe written it down somewhere, if you can maybe mm-hmm. get it to I hand. I thought probably going to be on Hamish's laptop somewhere. Yeah. It, probably, it probably will be. Um, I, might, I can remember a couple of things because they were so horrendous. But, uh, the Scott Bowden one for me is the one that sticks out. But I also <laughs> kind of, I remember that I wasn't on the pod where these get discussed and I had put Rangers to, to win the league and I genuinely said at the time, I don't think we will win the league, but I was just going to back my own team anyway and well, now I just look ridiculous. So Yeah, you do look ridiculous. Um, obviously we won't really touch on the Premiership because there's still stuff that happen, things can still happen. Well, Rangers but, only winning the league. So. No, can I just point out, um, I've got every single, hang on, Bear with us here. I've got every single um, position right in the championship, other than two teams. St. Martin. And Morton, yeah. That's, that's the two ones I got wrong. I put St. Martin in the fourth place and I put Morton in the seventh. I am almost certain I've got the top three right. Fourth, I'm sure I put St. Martin in fifth. I'm almost positive I put Dunfermline as well. I'd, I'd been United to win the league, which was foolish. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I'm pretty sure someone else joined me in that. It might have been Johnny, actually. I think, I think you're right, actually. Yeah, I think Johnny I think maybe I put that. Wraith Rovers to get relegated, but because of the Gary Lock I, effect. I, I had Wraith Rovers in ninth, and it was because of the Gary Lock effect, I think. Oh, did they be going? Well, was he gone by February? Yeah, it was like start of March, wasn't it? No. February? He was, in, he was going in February. Yeah, he was. Well, it was. I think it was start of March, so you're technically. To be fair, at the time I did stick up for you, I thought it was a bit. A lot of people uh, were uh, saying that you were wrong. And technically you were, but it's still a very good shout, I thought, uh, from your from your good self. Um, I thought that was a good shout from me. I mean, I've got one wrong, and it's probably the one that a lot of people didn't really see happening. Morton doing so well in St Mirren, yep. doing so poorly. Um, league One is not very good for myself. I said... <laughs> I said Peterhead would win the league. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> I think I said Stranra would win the league, or Peterhead, it was one or the other. Jesus. Um, yeah. the, the funny thing is that both of them were... Could have been relegated this season Aye, as well. Still can be relegated. Aye. Um, yeah, Airdrie. What? Well, well, I put Airdrie um, being the the fountain of uh, wisdom that I am. Um, also had Peter Head in fourth place. Um, yeah, um, had Livingston in second. Um, Try to see if there's any really standout ones. I don't know if I got any positions right. Unfortunately, um, nope. Oh no, I got Stennis Muir. I said they would finish last. So there you oh. go. There's there's one I got right there. Joy and others' misery. True, true. Aye. Yeah, indeed. Uh, is there any other kind of ones you can think about there in terms of League One, guys? Mm. But any, anyone that really stands out? I remember Puff or Connor Park rather being very, very adamant after about two weeks that Alloa were going to run away with League One. Oh, and yeah, that's right. I think it was like, right, they'll, yeah. they'll win that league. They'll win that league. To be fair, they lost Jack Ross. Aye, that's true. Mm. Yeah, I'll probably agree with you. I think if they'd kept him. It at least would have been a bit of a title race. Do you know what I think? Do you think Jack Ross could be a, a, a contender for overall manager of the year with, with the job he done at Alloa combined with the job he done at St Mum? No. No? No, no. Uh, no, meaning like lower leagues, obviously. I'm not meaning like, no. obviously, Rogers and Duffy. And I'd, pro- no, I'd probably say Duffy, but... Uh, <laughs> I would, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue against that. To be honest, he's done a good job. He has done a great job, but I think a wee bit of perspective as well. I mean, could he have? If that was, say, Dumbarton, would he have been able to bring in some of the players that he did? I'm playing devil's advocate here because it's obviously a very good achievement. I, I just don't know if same players they brought in. I mean, the players who were the real standout, obviously, well, Mackenzie, but. Mackenzie bringing back McGinn was was massive, um, but I mean Marlon Morgan, these guys have all came through your system and they've all been they've all been really really important. And I wouldn't say that I wouldn't I wouldn't really say that anything. I would say it's just he's really worked with on the main what he what he has. Um, yeah, he's brought in some he's brought in some decent players um, who have obviously obviously helped helped the cause, but. I wouldn't really say that. I, I, I don't know, but I probably wouldn't. Oh, sorry, but, McKen- McKenzie yeah. was there at the start of the season, sorry. Mm, right, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's maybe other people more deserve, but I can, I can kind of yeah, see, no, like, no. I can see like where you're was. coming from. I certainly think he de- deserves a lot of plaudits. Um, moving on from that, uh, finally, League 2, um, I tipped 4 for. I think I was the only one that tipped 4 for. I looked right for the majority of the season, and then I just kind of... Out very foolish uh, towards the end. I had Clyde second and uh, Arbro third and Cowdenbeath fourth. So uh, 
Yeah, uh, the, the the top two and the bottom two, and the, the top four places there. Um, I had Stalin in sixth place. That was right. I had Elgin in fifth as well. Actually, that turns out right as well. Um, but everything else I got wrong. I had Edinburgh go down as well. Anything else? Anything you can think of there, guys, that you got spectacular wrong in League Two? Uh, I, go down. I think I tipped Clyde quite highly, although I'm not certain. I can't remember. Uh, League Two, I honestly have no idea. I would need to obviously think about it. I'm just looking at the table just now. Nah. <laughs> maybe think that I maybe see Berwick Rangers would do better. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. That would have been a weird prediction to have made. See, Berwick Rangers would do well. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, I don't know if you guys can remember, the, we predicted the Ironbrew Cup, uh, Wolland and Highland League as well. I had Ironbrew Cup, I had St Mirren. So, I was close. Ironbrew I was very close. I said Hibs. Oh, oh dear indeed. Uh, Wolland League, I had Spartans, which is... Uh, yeah. Less said about that, the better. Highland Cove Rangers, which again was probably not a great shout. Um, Junior Cup, we had Hurlford. I don't even know how the Junior Cup's doing. I don't think Hurlford are, are there. Oh, Talbot nah. against uh, Glenafton, I think. Oh, all right, okay. So you're wrong. So I'm wrong, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah okay. c- can you guys remember any more that you've done? Oh, I, I can give you the worst prediction of all time Go I've for ever, it. Ever made. Go for uh, it. Oh, it. Just to preface, we had, so of course we've done the predictions of all the leagues and the positions and stuff, also done the Cups and all in Thailand and that. We also done three players who we thought would dazzle and three players who we thought would have a shocker. Ross? Well, three players who we thought would have a shocker. The one who I said I tipped and I should just Go and cry in a corner after it. Scott Sinclair to have a shocker was one of my <laughs> was one of my calls. And as I look at the BBC Sport website, it stares back at me that um, it won Player of the Year. So yeah. And the great thing about that is you couldn't have been more wrong. Oh, I couldn't. I literally I hold my hands up and say um, I am an idiot, basically. Yeah. Well, we're kind of running a wee bit out of time, um, but appreciate you being on, guys. Ross? Yes. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. Fisher? Glad to be back. Uh, and thank you, the listener, for uh, listening to us for an hour and a half. Uh, we will see you soon. Um, hopefully we'll have something out this week in terms of a preview. I know we didn't have one last week, but um, aye, we'll see you then. Uh, cheers. Bye.